All right, all right, all right. Give me one second, guys. I'm finishing setting this up, and we'll get going here in just a second. Need to send out a few tweets. If you guys want to come up on stage, by the way, anyone is welcome to come up here. Join the conversation for those of you who have not been here to one of the episodes of Wonky Weekly Alpha before. We do this every single Friday-ish. I mean, like, you know, occasionally it lands on Saturday, Sunday, something like that, just depending on the day. But we do it every single week, every single weekend. No matter what is happening across the market, we have been consistent. Um, you know, the past 46 weeks, we've been doing this straight, and we're going to continue to do it for another 46 weeks and another 46 weeks after that. So this is just an opportunity to be able to get together as a community, be able to talk about what's going on, both with the stonks and with the, uh, you know, just the NFT market as a whole. And, you know, whatever else is happening in life, anything else happening across the board, um, you know, Friday spaces have always been my favorite part of the week. So excited to be back again. Um, and with all that, again, let me send out a couple tweets and we'll get this kicking off. Mr. Rooster, what's going good on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. How we doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. You know, I was punctually late, as always, to these spaces. I feel like I always, every single Friday, <laughs> they vary by about five to ten minutes from the actual start date, typically. That's another thing you've got to learn about the Friday spaces. They're very much Friday vibes, and the Friday vibes are kind of go with the flow of whatever's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, 110%, man. Just enjoying my coffee out of my wonky mug. Uh, it'll be a good day. Oh, love that, man. Love that. How's the weather up in Colorado right now? Um, It's like one of the four cloudy days of the year. Um, so it's a little overcast, uh, like yeah, 32 right now. Not the best outside, um, but, you know, not horrible. It could be worse. That's not terrible, man. I mean, like, no no heavy snow or anything yet this year? Oh, no, man. We've had, uh, we've had a couple of storms this past week, um, and it's crazy. So, apparently, the Denver area is one of, like, the top places meteorologists study for weather patterns because they're so unpredictable. And we had where we were supposed to get 0.1 inches one night last week. Um, we got 13 in the city. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I was going to ask, yeah. how are things up in the mountains? Because um, I'm looking, you know, looking to do a trip up somewhere in that area. You know, like, I'm not sure whether um, Keystone, Copper, Breck, you know, one of the easier ones to get to. Like, not, not looking as much at the Vale Aspen slash Steamboat areas this time around. Um, and, you know, just kind of curious what the, uh, you know, what everything's looking like right now, because I haven't looked at the snowfalls lately up in the mountains. Oh, the mountain, the mountains are gorgeous. Um, the, the roads will be fine unless if you're going like, you know, mid storm week or whatever, uh, right after a big storm roads are, you know, typically pretty clear. Uh, but the mountains, yeah, they're absolutely gorgeous. It got 
a good base layer of snow at this point. I think most are sitting around like 60 inches. Um, a mountain I frequent has gotten like 120 inches so far this season, uh, which is pretty solid. Dude, that's amazing. You going up there to, to ski or board? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm skier is all I've ever done. I've never done the boarding side of it, man. And, you know, I haven't skied in a few seasons, though, because, you know, it, basically since I messed up my knee back in 2019, um, you know, tore the ACL, I had two surgeries that year. You've heard the whole story about the comeback, but then COVID hit and, you know, then I got fat and, you know, it was the crypto, the bull run. And just like next thing you know, it's been, I, I guess, about you know, because I didn't do it in 2019 when I was supposed to, didn't do it in 2020, you know, it's been heck four years. So yeah, it's been a minute, man. But I like, I, I want to get back out there. Dude, actually the funniest thing about how I learned how to ski, it was my senior year of college and went with like a big group of friends and all of them had grown up going before. It was my first time they told me, they're like, okay, skip any type of ski instructions day number one, not worth it, right? Like, we will teach you everything you need to go whenever you get up there. I knew absolutely nothing. I didn't even know, like, you know, pizza and French fry, like, you know, how to slow down and how to, like, speed up and anything like that. Well, we all get off the lifts at the top of the mountain, and the guy that was basically supposed to show me everything like the, the guys in the lifts in front of us were like, all right, first one down, like whatever, whatever. So th this guy, without even thinking about it, just darts off. And next thing you know, I'm trapped at the top of the mountain by myself, had no idea what the hell I'm doing. I didn't even know what the difference between any diamonds or tracks were. So the way I started, I felt so bad for everyone across the mountain because I was just like, well, F it. I guess the only way to get down is to try to like, you know, go down. So I did it and I didn't know how to, so I, I just pick up speed. And as I was picking up speed, the only way I knew how to stop was to roll out of it when I started to look like I was going too fast. So then I'd roll out of it and I'd just be tumbling down the mountain, you know, like depending on whatever speed I'm going sliding. And I'm like, okay, this is how you stop whenever you ski. And eventually, you know, I'm kind of watching people kind of picking up a little bit of the rhythm for how to slide left, right, do whatever, weave in and out of the, you know, and next thing you know, like, I'm okay. But then, like, later that day, by, by my first afternoon, I did my first Black Diamond because, on complete accident because I took a wrong cut again. And, like, I didn't know the difference between what's normal steep and what's not, so I'm just flying down this thing man i mean absolutely flying around everybody else and you know the best part about it all though in retrospect was i learned zero fear and looking back on it probably stupid because you know this was in the days before helmets were really a popular thing too so like no helmets in any of this and i guarantee you like not that i was going that fast but I was probably going like somewhere, you know, around 50, like, you know, still blazing down that thing because I, you know, I, I get ski track. I, I got ski tracks on the phone later on. That's so fun to, you know, keep track of that shit. But anyway, that was the first ski experience. And, you know, that's what I've stuck to ever since. Yeah. If I didn't, if I didn't wear a helmet, uh, my first day of boarding, I would still be concussed to this day. <laughs> I probably have a little bit of permanent brain damage. 
Uh, helmets didn't used to be cool, right? But it, it it's cool now, guys. Wear a helmet, you know, protect yourself. <laughs> it's cool to not have brain damage nowadays. Yeah, bro. The crazy thing is that transition's really only happened like the last five, six years, I feel like. You know, as far as like everybody wearing them. Um, but anyway, yeah. Sorry to get off track, everybody in the audience, but this is, you know, it's part of the Friday vibes, just going through whatever. Happy Friday, fam. Happy Friday. Loving the vibes. Hope everyone's enjoying the new year. Yes, sir. Wonky Ping, bro, is this your first time on one of these spaces, or did you just change your name? Is this somebody that I, I recognize with a different name up here? Just uh, just change the name. You do know my my personal account. But this is a new alternate account. Oh, wait. Shoot. PA born and raised. Aspire like <laughs> mystery. Uh, okay, you got you gotta you gotta drop the name because I, I should know this and I'm not recognizing Zach Newland. Oh yeah, awesome, man. Well, you know, congratulations yeah. on the new account. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So one thing I was kind of curious about. Um, obviously for these NFT communities, a founder, the founder is a big part of it. But one thing that's never really discussed is what happens if that founder passes away? Like, do we have a contingency plan? <laughs> like, are you are you, are you planning something? Gone? Are you planning something? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so, honestly, I've always wanted to know this shit too. Actually, you know, I, I'd say that's the um, best thing about this being art focused <laughs> without a roadmap is that the community could carry it on. It. No, I, I, I think what will happen, you know, you know, uh, you know, Sartoshi from MFS, you know, he said, I'm gone in 21, and then suddenly, first of January, man came back alive. So, I think with these founders, they die and then they come back alive, right? That's what happens. Did you not see yeah, the the other guy who uh, who got in a car accident and was in a coma for uh, for six months? And <laughs> he just woke up and realized people were saying his project was a rug, <laughs> but he's he's back and ready to grind. <laughs> That's. I remember uh, reading something probably like five six months ago from some random ass rug project, and uh, the founder was like straight up died right, and then he came back into the Discord apparently, and he was like, "Oh, I'm alive," and then like three months yeah, later, yeah, because it did well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Or is that the meme you're talking about where it like mid out so. and then started going up? He's like, "Actually, I'm alive again." Like, great news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but I think I think on a serious note, I think that's why. It's so important to have a, a really good community around the project. And that's why also sometimes I think roadmaps are very interesting from this point of view, especially when the leadership decides to rug, move on, die, you call it, right? Um, I think, you know, Wonky Stonks is definitely, definitely fits the bill, although, you know, it, it would be naive to say if, you know, Kaleo decides tomorrow, do you know what? I'm done with crypto. I'm going to go back to my job. I think you were an engineer or something, Leo. And, you know, probably what we, we wouldn't do as good or maybe we wouldn't go, we wouldn't move as fast as with you, like with a massive 500K, you know, account. But we wouldn't die either, right? I mean, that, I think, and that's why I think the community, the community can still kind of thrive as long as, as long as that's the foundation. I think in projects where, 
you know, all, all it all resides on the roadmap and all decides on kind of what's going to happen next. If something happens to that team, then yeah, that's usually bad news. Well, with it being uh, well, art focused, also doesn't the value increase? <laughs> I was saying, there's always a backup plan. We always got Hondo. Sorry, okay. <laughs> no, see. I see what you're what, – what, hey, but, you know, Rooster did make a point. Like, maybe that is the game plan to finally solidify this as blue chip, right? You know, how many art artists never really, you know, hit their stride until after they died? <laughs> I don't know the answer well, to that question that's... as far as how many, but I know that there are quite a few. Yeah, maybe maybe avoid flying for the next couple of, couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm going to avoid any type of meetups where wherever Zach is there. Um, you know, like, that's that's, you know, the, main, that's yeah. the main goal at this point. No, you know, you know my name. I won't do anything. <laughs> Mr. Nomad, uh, it's funny. welcome up. How you doing? Legend. Hey, hey guys, doing well. Um, that was a great question. I think maybe for those that weren't around in the early days, it kind of was just the jack of all trades, right? I mean, I think we really don't give 80s enough credit because this guy really held it together. And I think him him and Rooster really have been the glue guys. And I think just, you know, those in the community and myself included, we really respect them. And so, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where, like, I don't want to think about any of your deaths, especially Cleo's, but I think it would carry on. It would probably just take a, a different narrative, right? Maybe, Maybe someone like some Elon Musk type person takes over wonkies and becomes the mouth. But yeah, that was really just what I wanted to say. We were actually uh, planning a mass event at the first wonky in real life event, uh, making a big giant batch of Kool-Aid. Everyone is uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to come sip on the, sip on the Kool-Aid. I might spike it with some shrooms, but you never know. Uh... <laughs> All right. You know what I, what I finally did this morning too? I uh, I acquired two Salobots, aka Sea Hams, from the um, what do you call it? Art Blocks collection. And the game plan is basically with that. You know what I've learned with everything is if you really want to get yourself plugged into a community, you know you have to invest in that community in a certain sense. And you know, if you want any level of respect from them, at, at least, right? Like, and one of the easiest ways of doing that, like looking at looking at the squiggles, right? Like, I have this art blocks thesis where the squiggles are going to take off soon, right? And that'll lead a gen art movement. And along with that, you're going to probably have a little mini art blocks season as well. So, you know, I think some of these collections that have high notoriety but a really depressed price, like the Salabots, for instance, or aka the Seahams. Everybody recognizes a Seaham, right? So, you know, I, there are a lot of collectors with deep pockets that have Seahams and other stuff in that Art Blocks collection. And I really think just being invested in that, one, you know, you have the opportunity to be able to be there for whatever ride up. But then two, you know, it does give you and your project more exposure, right? Because as far as tying into, you know, what the stonks are, it's a generative art community, right? And there are a lot of communities that we've brought into that with that. You know, I think that like, 
being able to reach out and bring some people in and get some type of exposure to that other gen art world is another thing that, you know, hopefully, I don't know, we'll see, like, who knows what'll happen with it. Like at the end of the day, I bought two because, you know, Hey, if these things reach whatever they reached back in the day, like I'll sell one off, you know, I'm not crazy. Um, but like, I want to be able to have one to be able to, because I, I looked at my wallet and I was like, I don't have any art blocks exposure whatsoever so anyway i am a cm maximalist now um i yeah i kind of think they're like a mini cute collection for the art box also and so uh for all the new holders and people who may not um you know understand it completely do you want to just give a brief overview of the difference between like truly generative art and then you know like pfp generation yeah, you know, uh, the crazy thing is, Rooster, how how cool is it that, like, we've really only barely kind of kicked off whatever's happened these past couple weeks, and already the wonky spaces. Actually, the number of people in the spaces has been directly correlated, I guess, to the price. Like, if the floor price has tripled, the number of people in the spaces has tripled with it. So... There's something funny about how that works. Anyway, point being, there still aren't a lot of people in that space. Take that one way or, you know, whatever way you want to take that. But the PFP generative art movement, basically you have an artist and the artist draws out a bunch of different pieces. And it's almost like a puzzle where you can fit these different pieces together. They're all interchangeable. They can all be stacked on top of each other to be able to randomly generate, you know, certain rarities based on some of these drawn out traits. So they are not actually generated, you know, the, the art itself is not generated by any algorithm, right? Only the combinations of the art are the, you know, generation for that algorithm. Now on the other side of it, like true generative art is fully, fully, fully drawn out and completed by an algorithm, right? You know, you write out some code and it produces this, you know, this generative art on, on the screen. And that's what the stonks are, right? You know, it's a similar type thing to like squiggles, for instance, where squiggles, you know, you, you look at that, it's just like rainbows basically drawn across a white screen and, you know, other things in like Fidenza, right? Like it looks more like abstract art. It's similar with the wonky stonks, where the wonky stonks, Hondo coded it out. It's 100% generative art where all of the price action is a random walk across the screen. Basically, you know, imagine like flipping a coin a million times and each time is, you know, what direction the next candle goes. Um, and, and there's more to it than that. But, you know, that's a simple way of thinking about how some of the price action was generated. And the cool thing about it, though, is it does mimic real price action. As you dive through the art, you realize, okay, like, you know, we did a contest the other day and Avi, you know, ended up winning that. He basically mirrored, you know, the stonk that was randomly generated, the type of price action that was in there, basically perfectly mirrored the 0708 financial crisis, you know, that entire, that entire collapse. So, and there are a ton of different examples of that as you peer through this. And I think that's the cool thing 
both for you know NFT collectors and traders, is that they can look through a bunch of this, and not just the art. Like you know, the more you're looking through it, the more I think the aesthetics are appealing, and you're like, you know, this is cool. And they make great mashups, like looking at Rooster's PFP, right? Looking at Puck's PFP. But on top of that, like you know, they really are. I, I think that there's a beauty behind charts for people that have studied them and looked at them long enough. And I think that beauty, you know, it, it resonates with me. And I think that there's a, you know, a large group of people that are out there that, you know, you continue to sow the seeds with that believe in that same vision that have that same appreciation for the art. So hopefully that kind of describes it for anybody that's new. Hopefully that answered your question, Rooster. Did, did you and Honda go through, I'm, I, I'm assuming there's, there's, there's been a few cycles before you allowed us to mint, but did you go through like some, some of the color combinations, like the Miami Vice are now obviously quite popular. Did you guys kind of pick up some of the, some of these colors decided, okay, maybe we're not going to add, uh, actually, I don't know what colors we don't have, which are like, you know, black or whatever. Um, how, how, how come like, like for example, the Miami Vice, how, how, did some of these kind of come to life? <laughs> so it, it was a lot of iterations between the two of us, just kind of passing back and forth different color palettes. And one of the things that made it difficult too were, you know, kind of like at the very beginning, you know, the traditional kind of muted colors that you have across the screen, you know, for the stonks, like that was kind of the first iteration of it. There were a lot of just muted colors and, you know, it didn't matter the spectrum plugging them in there from what was generated in order to really get the data to pop and to have it be as crisp and as clean as we wanted. The muted colors made sense. Um, and, you know, it was something that I, I, I really wanted more color in the collection combined with it, though I think the muted colors do have their place. You know, I think that the wonky side of it, like, you know, you've got your classical because, and that's why we call it classical and wonky, right? And then the wonky was kind of the more crazy type colors. And the funny thing is I ran by both iterations with multiple groups of friends and there were some people that were absolutely like no you know these crazy color charts are too crazy you know what are you doing with these right and then other people were like well these other ones are too calm too quiet you need more color right so like that's why we thought having a combination would be great for the collection itself but then one day, you know, I was looking through it and I was like, hey, Hondo, can we add in some gradients to this as well? And he was like, yeah, you know, it'd be really easy. So then we started playing along with the gradients and, you know, that ended up being released into the fold as well. But that, you know, the layout of the actual picture itself, you know, some of the indicators, some of the complementary, like the volume bars at the bottom, right? Like that's something that I think is, you know, like, if you take the volume bars out, it, it just, I don't know. There was something that just didn't look nearly as appealing on this. And the volume is randomly generated volume as well, but you know, like that's what the bottom bars are. Um, and you know, you, you've got other indicators that somehow, or, you know, that sometimes pop up down there, like the Macda, um, et cetera. But anyway, it, it, it it's all, I don't know, man. It was a lot. Of, actually, we even played around with for a while, where we both drew it out and we also like literally had like you know a couple fiber artists that went through and were like hey here's some 
potential background like drawings that would randomly pop up on some pictures as like, you know, whatever level of opacity so that you could see them like, you know, a bear or a bull or this or that would pop up on every whatever image. And we just went through it and eventually were like, nah, man, like that's, that's not it. <laughs> that ain't it at all. So it is funny. I can share in the, uh, in the discord sometimes some of those old renditions that we had, but basically I looked through and like, it didn't matter whether we drew it or somebody else did. It just didn't look nearly as cleanly. And we thought it took away from the generative aspect. Um, but you know, that was one of the considerations that we went through, we went through a lot of different ideas, a lot of different iterations. You know, it was like, it was several months of coding, going back through this, kind of grinding through this in the background, um, and you know, really happy with how it ended up turning out before it uh, before it was released. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see uh, some of the first iterations and uh, you know how uh, it changed to the final product. Like if some of them look like the uh, the FOMO charts that were <laughs> airdropped to us stockholders in the, the very very beginning. Uh, the scam, <laughs> the scammy FOMO charts. Those were hilarious. Oh yeah, that was the uh, that was the first kind of derivative type thing that popped up. Were the uh, the scammy FOMO charts? You're right. You know, it's insane in that even the uh, it's generative art. There are some charts which mimic the price action. For, you know, against whatever time scale, I think most of them are, I think, are really good going into 2022. But they mimic it so good with that of Bitcoin is insane. Like, one would even say, "Are you sure? Are you sure this is generative?" Because it's so on point. I think 80s. I think yours 661. 661. I think I think that's pretty close to the price action going into April May, if I'm not mistaken. It's insane. Yeah, it's like identical to it. It's crazy, man. It, it, some of the songs out there are like fortune tellers too, man. Like it, they'll predict a market move. It's crazy. Well, you know, LST though, that's that is one of the things that I'm learning recently with some discussions because I've DM'd a couple buddies that I see are interested in some other projects, and I'm like, hey, you know, like I believe in the stonks. I'm I'm going to show you my own alpha here because like I really do believe in it. You you can take it or leave it, but like, I'm going to turn this into something great. So if you want, you know, like if you're interested, great, if not, whatever, and they're like, okay, well, what's the overall vision of this? And as I'm talking through it with them, there are a lot of people that think that whatever these charts are, that they're based on like real charts that we just took random screenshots from like trading view and imported it. Right. Like, so there are a lot of people that don't even understand the generation aspect behind it. And I think the more that you understand the generation and the vision and, you know, how it ended up producing, what it ended up producing, the more that it resonates with people. It's quite interesting, too, to, like, go back on the collection every once in a while. You always find something new. Like the God candle that Rooster snagged the other day. Like, I've never seen that before. It blew my mind. It's a one of one, baby. I I got a one of one. It's an unlisted yeah, it's trade, insane, but it's still uh, the most rare stonk in the whole collection. I'll die on this hill. <laughs> Puck Wudgie, what's up? What's up? How you doing? Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, I, I joined during the very heavy uh, conversation of Kaleo's passing. I didn't know he passed away, so uh, rest his soul. But I was thinking, um, 
you were talking about how most people don't know that it's like a gener generative project. I guess I don't really have a full grasp on that either at this point. Um, I think it would be cool to add that to the thread, maybe make a separate thread about how it works or maybe a video if that's easier. I think that would uh, draw some people in because it's such a cool idea. Yeah, no, I can definitely do that. And, you know, I, I guess just the interesting thing is I didn't realize that that wasn't clear in the thread. Like every time that I ever say generative art, I just assumed that that was obvious. <laughs> like I didn't realize that it wasn't something that was obvious the way that like, you know, that it entails that it's similar to any other type of art blocks type of collection. Right. Like, you know, there are a lot of, like for me, it just is okay. Like, you know, when you talk about generative art, what do you think of? You think of art blocks, like the squiggles, that type of stuff. Like, you know, I, I think the stonks also, right? Like it's the exact same type of concept. So like, that is what I picture when I picture generative art. I didn't know that other people pictured anything else. Yeah. So I, I, I've been in NFTs for a while. I'm not like crazy into it. Um, but I, I assume that also included like, the penguins and stuff like that. I thought it was just anything that was kind of like randomly generated, I guess. I, I guess I didn't really understand the term fully. Yeah. 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 No, it, like that, that doesn't, you know, it, it's all algo based output versus, you know, somebody going and drawing and piecing everything together. Yeah. So an algorithm literally drew everything about the wonky stonk and then grouped price action into different nicknames rather than like Kaleo or Hondo hand drawing the charts, the returns, everything, and then, you know, compiling all together. But Kaleo, you got to realize, right, the, the NFT space, as it sits, there's a high majority of just degens, right? We haven't, the NFT space hasn't attracted, you know, the, the wine sipping art connoisseurs yet. But we know when they do start flooding into the space, the stonks are going to be one of the first collections they run to. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's it, it again goes back to the whole concept that I've talked about every other space, right? Like, you know, the price of where they are now, I understand why a lot of people are taking profit, why people are like, it's never guaranteed that anything continues to climb. But, you know, I think what the past few weeks have shown you is it doesn't take much volume for a collection like this to gain traction. And as collections gain traction, they continue to gain notoriety. And what that does is it continues to sow this broader seed into various, you know, like I've seen people on NFT Twitter that I never would have assumed would have talked about the wonky stonks in years, even if it's not great stuff. You know, like they could just mention it in passing about whatever, but like they mention it, they know what it is now. Right. And like that is progress. That's development because it starts with people recognizing and seeing and being familiar with the product and, you know, with a collection and the more that it's recognized, the more that has, there's just something that happens to people that as the price of something increases, like the overall desirability and whatever increases with it right like whenever chromie squiggles first came out people laughed at that right they're like who the hell would ever want to own a squiggle people love the squiggles now right like they appreciate the squiggles they see the art behind them 
You know, the punks are another example. You can go through the list of these different collections and their evolution for how they transcended into the status where they currently are. And they're all different paths. But I truly do believe that there is a path that will manifest itself for the stonks one way or the other. You know, like, I'm not sure exactly what that mirrors or how it entails, but I know the quality of the product that's there. I know the community that's backing it. I know the reach that the stonks have. Uh, so I really just look at it as far as an inevitability, as far as any type of traction picking up across the marketplace. Right now, what's basically happening with NFTs are you've got no new entrance right now with the current move that you're seeing in the market. It's just a regaining of confidence of current participants. So money is shuffling back in as people regain confidence. And we have yet to see the storm and the flood of new people that enter through the gates, right? And like, that may not even be this year, right? Like, who knows, it might happen this year. If it does, all the better. But, you know, it may not be until the year after, the year after that. But I believe for the people, you know, that are involved in collections that continue to persevere and continue to grind, regardless of where they are at whatever price, regardless of whatever type of traction, that whenever that type of movement and the new entrants do hit, you know, it's a powder keg waiting to go off. All it takes is a spark. So I think that we've seen kind of the beginnings of that. But I really do think, you know, as far as where we are right now, you know, like the, the area where people are selling off, that's a mental barrier, right? You know, 0 0.25, 0 0.3, like that's a technical level because there are a lot of people from the collection that, you know, were involved initially whenever things got started. So in your head, you're like, okay, we're reaching these all-time highs where I should have sold the first time and I'm going to take some profit here. And it makes sense. Like, I love that. I love that aspect for people. I want people to be able to do that, right? Like, you know, it's a responsible thing to do your voice in the back of my head like anytime i have an opportunity to take a little profit man like just take a little profit it's okay still hold your bag you know for later down the road but if you have that opportunity man and there's no shaming yourself in it in any way shape or form it's like make some money well because at the end of the day an efficient market should be able to absorb that type of liquidity right in its own way in its own form you know and i like a lot of people are so, you know, just addicted to this instant gratification that they get upset whenever they see a listing or this or that. It's like, I don't get upset at all. I, I see it as opportunity during that time period for consolidation where, okay, you now have an opportunity at whatever price range this is to continue to either let people that have high conviction you know, continue to accumulate what they want to accumulate or let new people enter that maybe won't have the opportunity later on at a higher price, right? You're able to continue to build that community. And that's why at the end of the day, I think the price is only relevant to a certain extent. It, it all comes back to the consistency. Listen, one more thing about like the entire project and the for price and all that stuff it doesn't even matter what what this is and i think it's pretty well established from the people that have been here since day one is like we have developed a new culture in, in this space i mean it, it's an there's no other project like it there's no other you know aspect of what this is comparable to and this community the strength and the conviction of it it, it really is 
developing its new and own culture, organic too, organically grown. And then the new entrants that are coming in, the new investors, they're starting to see this culture and they want to be a part of that culture too. And it's going to continue to flourish that way. Oh, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I think it's one of those things when you look at it from a technical point of view and like, I do think that there's something mentally where for some reason, as a project does, you know, like when you're looking at the technicals of it and you're like, okay, well, point three is this resistance, you know, once those type of levels are absorbed and they're broken through, well, now you've reached past that level of people that were looking to take profit that, you know, were whatever else. And I think that you're now in this level of investors and collectors that have bought into a different vision as far as what they expect and what they want, you know, and, and their level of appreciation for what they have and what they can afford to carry on with. And I think that that's what the beauty of the price discovery is also that as the floor continues to increase for whatever period of time there, that what you end up seeing and what we've already seen over the course of the past several weeks is this beautiful array of new stocks that, you know, some of them, like what you said, Rooster, I've never seen before either. So there's some that are just either hiding up there at these certain levels or some that people have held in their wallets for all this time. And that one day they wake up and they see the price. They're like, Oh, I want to list this. And they don't even realize the beauty of what they have for what somebody else might compare it to at that current level. So I just think that it really breeds a lot of opportunity, even the midst, even in the midst of expansion. So that's the exciting thing about that too. But, you know, there's a level of patience that I think that goes into that process, right? You know, it's, steering away from the mindset of the instant gratification and then being able to look at the long-term conviction and vision of whatever that collection is and being able to appreciate, appreciate the art, appreciate the community and the process. You know, I think that you're going to enjoy the experience a lot more than if you're just one of these people that are like, man, like this is a hot thing. I'm going to pick it up looking for that 0.03 flip, you know, here in a few days um, you know, like, but Hey, everybody has their place in a efficient market. Nothing against you if you are that person, but like your life is a lot more stressful than mine. Um, Platy mama, welcome up to the stage. Welcome Platy. How you doing? Thanks guys. How's it going? Uh, Matt, uh, Co- <clears throat> and, uh, wonky cube shout out to you and B ways, uh, in the audience. Um, I like what you're talking about and it's funny cause I'm like, this project is very um, uh, unique and it's very uh, interesting how I joined and I'm thinking about everything you're saying. And I, and I feel like uh, I joined the community, this community, because uh, you had a space for the frogs and then B-way, I think it was B-Ways gave me a wonky stonk. And this is like, I don't know, uh, eight months June. ago or something. June. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe later so, than that. I held on to it and I appreciated it because at the time I, I kind of people like tell me used to tell me like I'm silly for like I would win I won a bunch of NFTs around that time and I never sold any of them because I felt like you know it's a gift and it's a bear market and maybe it'll go up one day but um, the reason I held this one especially is because uh, you know this project 
really supported the plague. So I'm like, and for that reason, I can hold it because, you know, I think I really believe in projects supporting each other. And then I got to know all these people that are from this community are also in the plague community and then vice versa. A lot of crossover happened. And then, uh, you know, the floor voice dropped and then it pumped again. And it was like at point one and a few of my other friends that are in the plague, maybe one, one, and they're like, I don't know much about wonky stonks. Should I sell it? It's point one. Maybe I could buy a frog with it. And I'm like, I don't know, but I, I just kind of like community and I'm going to hold mine. So I held it and held it and held it. And now it's like, you know, point three. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should I like, I, you, you're not going to like, if you're holding on to an NFT, you don't want to just sell one. But uh, I was lucky enough to win a second one. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll sell like now that I have two. And then Lumber came along and it was like, you know, I really like what you're doing in um, the plague community and empowering women to speak and encouraging uh, more uh, ladies to get involved in the NFT community. And I really want to support that. So he gave me three wonky songs when they were like 0 0.03 and nobody like wanted them. And then I was like, okay, he's like, you know, keep one if you like and get, use them as giveaways or something. So I gave one away to an, another lady who, uh, Sorrow, who's in the plague community who was helping me with spaces and she held on to it and it went from 0 0.03 to 0 0.30 so and she's still holding so um and also another person who's on cardano was in my space one the other uh wonky stonk um so <clears throat> my point is that like so now i have three wonky stonks i didn't pay for any of them i Horrible because I'm like I always felt like this outsider that I never even bought when they were down to point three I had no liquid or else I would have maybe bought one but I I really had nothing in my wallet at the time um, but anyhow uh, I think there's credit is uh, goes to where it's deserved and this community really uh, supported the plague when nobody knew what the plague was so uh, I'm definitely going to continue to support the wonky stonks i'm still not sure what it is but i what i really appreciate about this community is that it's so consistent in gathering together and having spaces every week and i you know when i hear you you talk cleo you're you're real you're authentic um and i didn't feel ashamed when you just spoke right now and said you know you, it's natural for people to want to take profit and i'm thinking how am I profiting off this project? Like I didn't even buy it. Like, so I felt bad. I'm like, should I sell one? Cause everybody's anyways, uh, I'll shut up now, but I just wanted to say that if it was not for the wonky cube being such a big part of the play community, like I would not have appreciated this project at all. Um, he's like, a, a, an OG plague. He brought like so many people from uh, ledger to plague. And then now a bunch of people, from Plague opened up their eyes to Wonky Cube. So it's amazing when we lift each other up uh, because we're all uh, NFT people, um, regardless what projects we're in. And yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to you because it's, it's great to see that the project uh, is rising and I'm sure that it will continue. Well, I appreciate that, Platy. That means a lot. I'll let Cube take the stage. Platy, how the how the hell have I not made you a cube yet? So that's... you made me a cube. You made me a cube. So I had the three NFTs, and I'm like, oh, I have a cube now because, and I didn't understand what the the meaning behind the cube was, and a dot, like you know, squared or cubed. 
like whatever is three to the power of three right so yeah you sent me that um i didn't even know that was a thing but you know what i can't blame you guys like i don't go into a lot like i went in for the poker tournament that was a lot of fun oh, um i'm looking at the yeah. you on the 28th i've made a few of them recently i'm gonna have to mash one of your frogs you got an awesome green area chart that needs to get mashed so I'll work I think on it was the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, yes, Mitt. yes, yes, Mitt made me a mashup, but it's like a, like just one chart with my two frogs on it. I can send you that if it's useful. But yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I'm happy to tell people that this is a, a great project with a great community with great alpha and consistent spaces. I see frog spaces is down there uh, as a listener um, and frog spaces. We like to have that account follow frog holders. I'm sure Kaleo, you hold frogs um, and connect with uh, anybody who is connected to the plague. So I'm really happy to see that we have the frog spaces here uh, because when people who follow that account can just follow it into spaces with uh, decent communities. So everybody give frog spaces a follow uh, if you want to follow the frogs and that space will go uh, if that account is in a space whoever's speaking regardless of their pfp is usually a, a frog supporter no it's a great idea and platy you kind of hit on it the and it's it's been talked about a lot recently is the cross community support and i think that's why we're seeing everything kind of run up here recently sorry i was late to jump in uh here today but cleo i think i said it yesterday and one of the spaces you were in a lot of the credit though with this wonky stock rise is you've made some phenomenal calls and then you're out there grinding and networking and just bringing more attention to the stocks themselves that, you know, kind of have gotten overlooked. Um, the other cool thing in all the mashups cubes I've been making lately, everybody always talks about community and community. There are some true blue chip NFT holders that are now entering the stocks and if you see one of your buddies do something and they have street cred, right, you're likely going to follow suit. So I think there's a lot of momentum building. And it's I'm just really excited that that the wonky stocks are getting some attention now. And uh, I'm looking at a couple of stonks right now. You said it earlier that you've like never seen before. I don't want to get front run on this one, but I got a bid on one and I really hope I hit it. Um but so, yeah, I just love everything that's going on. Mega bullish on everybody. And Platy, ribbit to you. Thank you. Um, can I just ask quickly in like one or two sentences, If because pe people ask me and I don't know what, what like, because then they see the buzz and I, and I don't know exactly you got what to tell them. Second, Is it like Platty, an alpha group? I, I, like, what do I tell them? Platy, restart on that real quick. Because <laughs> I, I missed the first half of your question, I think. Oh, sorry. Um. I get question. I get asked a lot of time. Like people ask me for alpha, they trust me. It's it's there's one. <laughs> it's moving, and then I don't know what to tell them. I'm like, uh, it's an alpha community. I don't know. Like I know, like the art is the the art is the charts. But like, is the they they ask me, is there a utility? And then I'm I said no. I say, well, they do weekly spaces, and that's about <laughs> all I can say. And I don't know what to tell them. 
buddy, here's the vision with the stocks. Let me let me share it with you. And you, you cut out again. I'm not sure what's going on. Just for a second there at the very beginning, like at the exact same part of your spiel, but I think I picked up on what you're asking. Like the vision of the stonks is different from a lot of other communities, right? Like there is no official utility. There is no official roadmap. Like the official roadmap, if you go to the Discord, is we vibe and then we vibe harder. And what that means to me is basically that we're going to consistently show up, support each other and build this in, you know, whether you call it an alpha community or not, you can look at several people within the community that have given solid alpha, you know, like look at what cube has done with the way that he got plugged into the plague and rooster with the pandas. And you can go down the list of different people that have gotten plugged into different projects that have supported each other in that process. And, you know, what they've built with room 110 with a lot of the people that have been the most active people in this community. Um, at the end of the day, though, the vision of the stocks are just finding people that collect them and appreciate it for the art and for the community. You know, at the end of the day, like anything, uh, the overall expectation by having no roadmap is that, you know, there there isn't, by having this utility, there are a lot of projects that are great as far as the utility front is concerned, right? Like, I'm not knocking a utility project whatsoever, but I think there are a lot of utility projects out there, and I think the utility projects becomes really difficult in the process of developing a utility project to completely meet whatever level of expectations people have. They continue to rise throughout the years. They continue to evolve and change. And a lot of that utility can become mundane, right? And it can easily, by the time it's deliverable, it can be overhyped and underdelivered. So the overall vision with the stonks is by having no utility, by having no roadmap, you curate a community of people that are in it for the art and for each other. And I think there's a lot of strength and a lot of power and promise in that, you know, similar to a lot of the art blocks type collections, you know, nobody asks what the utility of a chromie squiggle or a Fidenza is, right? Like it's art. And that is the overall vision of the stocks is that it's about the art. And overall, you know, my vision with ledge art at the end of the day, I'd love to be able to add future collections, um, you know, with more generative art. There are a bunch of ideas, things that I've worked on, Hondo has that, you know, we look through all the time. But at the end of the day, my vision before doing anything else within ledge art is to make the stonks into something great. Because I believe quality over quantity is something every project should focus on. And there are a lot of projects that have diluted their overall ecosystem in the sake of trying to lift that initial project out of whatever abyss that they feel like they've been stuck in. You know, so my approach has been different where it has not been swaying from any type of, you know, of the no roadmap to some fake roadmap, because I believe the initial vision can and will continue to have traction with people that believe in the art. So that is the overall vision. And hey, there are people that, you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, if that's something that just doesn't connect and that's not what you're looking for as far as collecting, I get that, right? Like it is not for everybody, you know, and no art, no project is. So I'm not going to sit there and try to convince every single person, but I will share the vision. And I, 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 again, I think that it's something that can and will and has resonated. It, Clay, if I could add one thing, I'd say, you know, it, it's it's definitely the art, right? And then the community itself has branched out and made some good calls on other projects like you alluded to. But one thing you didn't mention is 
the majority of us that started, you know, followed your account or have some sort of trading background. And so there are a lot of very well-read, educated traders, be it crypto or traditional stocks, um, that are very willing to answer questions and, and, and share alpha that way. So it's a great networking tool as well on that side. So just not, not necessarily NFTs alone, but just kind of anything um, on the investment spectrum. So just wanted to add that. It opens like magical. Oh, I want to kind of quick uh, change the subject real quick. Um, do you have any updates on South by Southwest for you, Kalea? And uh, if so, if you're still planning on attending, um, I know uh, a lot of us from Room 110 are planning on going as well. Um, would it be possible to set up a wonky event? Bro, we, we definitely can look into that. You know, like that, I, I think Hondo and I can talk about that. I think that'd be a really natural fit to try to set something up. So I don't know. We'll see. Like no, no guarantees on anything yet. No promises yet. But it, uh, keep keep bugging me about that because um, that is something that I I am very interested in making happen. Well, well I heard a yes and no. Back <laughs> yes, too. So heard it here first. <laughs> hey, Rooster. Uh, if worst comes to worst, we'll just do a Room One Ten collab with the Wonka Suite. That'll be awesome. Uh, so You're definitely adult. something uh, to potentially look forward to. Um, South by Southwest this year, I believe, is March 9th through the nineteenth. Uh, pretty long event. Um, I think we personally are planning to go towards the later half of the week. Uh, I'm not sure everything that's going on. Kind of still got to wait and see. Uh, you know, developments from. What other projects are hosting events when and, you know, what's happening before we make final decisions. But I think a lot of us are thinking about doing a, the later end of the week. Can you guys hear me at all or no? I can hear you. Oh, okay. I got rugged for a second. Wait, oh, man, am I rugged? No, Maybe you're, you're good. Hey, Plotty, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming up here today. Um, you've been uh, uh, just a, a gem in this space ever since we all met back in the day. And um, it, it it fills my heart with joy to, to hear people from outside communities coming in here and just coming in here and feeling the energy that we've been doing since last October. And it, it's it's such a magical experience for all of us to just finally come together and celebrate just a, an amazing culture that's been been developed. So much love, Platy. I'm happy to be part of part of uh, this community. And I wish, like, uh, because I've been uh, given some alpha calls lately, and I feel bad because, like, um, I could have shared it with y'all, and I only told like a few people in the space, and it was just like off of. Uh, the principle that, you know, instead of chasing these projects that have already pumped, you should find the ones that are undervalued, low price. So I gave some examples of some and then they freaking pumped and I didn't even buy. I was like, uh, like brawler bears, for example, I was telling a whole bunch of people in a space that brawler bears are 0.02 and the founder is the dev current dev for the plague. He's trustworthy. He has a long history of uh development he used to work for paypal he did the mba top shots uh nft uh he worked on that project 
And like a whole bunch of people just went and swept them. And now they're like almost point one. So they did like three or four X since I uh, mentioned them. And I'm like, damn it, I should have <laughs> bought my own alpha. But uh, yeah, anyways, that's my alpha is look for projects uh, before they pump. So you're, you're, you're telling me the Salo bots, the Seahams. Sea hams. <laughs> that, that's the alpha that I'll give. By the way, I can't hear 80s um, throughout. That's why I thought I was rugged for a minute because I guess uh, the gods of Twitter decided that 80s will be the only one I can't hear from uh, this point forward. Oh, shit. Yeah, that happens occasionally. 80s, you want to step down, come back up. We'll bring you back up if you uh, do. And maybe maybe you step down, leave the space, exit the Twitter app, and come back up. It uh, it might might work again for him. Delete your phone, smash it, throw it down the toilet. Yeah, delete your phone, <laughs> smash it, do whatever you have to. Um. But we've got Avatava coming up to the stage. Avatava is rocking a bean right now. At least I think that's a bean. Unless it's a derivative bean. I'm not nah, sure. it's just a, because I'm not really very It's just a, just a ghost. Uh, I'm buying the floor of, of a few different projects. Just to, I don't have a lot of money right now, so I'm just trying to um, get back involved in the space. But... Uh, yeah, this is this is wonderful. I'm 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 so happy that like uh, the community is coming together again, and and every everything seems to be going well. Uh, I I guess I just wanted to to kind of ask uh, maybe which projects I should focus on uh, trying to be able to chart. Um, you know, we we could give the wonky some more alpha if we could chart like the plague or some other projects i don't know if i can do it yet but i'm just wondering which projects um maybe i should focus on if if i'm like limited by like a number oh man that's it's so tough avatar because you know i think i'm gonna give you the exact same answer i gave you last time up on stage i like you know i love what you did with the pandas uh, but i think that it all goes back to like what communities resonate with you where do you have that passion what projects if you're working on something would you actually you know feel inspired to do it right like you know it's got to be something that you enjoy so i just think that regardless of whatever the floor price is or whatever else you know like go for it but there are some things where by I, I don't know, man. I think that like communities just recognize people that continue to work on stuff. And, you know, it's something that like, if you want to get plugged in that it's, you know, just pursue whatever you're passionate about. Ab absolutely. But I, I think I'm more asking for like uh, you guys, like what, because most of this stuff I'm doing, you know, it's a passion of mine and, and things like that. But it, it's also things that I'm trying to think of that uh, other people might, enjoy and and it's just been a request you know can can we chart other nft projects and i've thought about that for a while now and i've i've wanted to do it i just you know if i can only pick 10 for some reason i don't know which what, 10 what do you mean by what do you mean by chart then uh 
Well, like get, plug them get into the, the open high, low close volume of 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 various different NFT projects, because I can I think I can get that data off an API, well, at least open C data. Savitava, I think that there are so you know like there are several platforms that I know you can do that with right now, like ish at least. You know they're far from perfect though is the thing. So, like, you know, I, I've been posting some charts with Parsec. I know Flip has some stuff with, that they can do as well. You know, Nansen obviously has a product suite as well that you can kind of go through. But a lot of these have different cost barriers and other stuff as far as entry. So, you know, I think if you well, do so, have some type of API, like... Yeah, sorry that, to interrupt. I just, I, I have this idea that I, I collect information and, and you... You can code to the stonky.art and you go to where you can normally chart your BTC or F and you can create a real chart with real values based on your stonky. But instead of using like F and BTC, somehow I, I pull in the data for wonky stonks and the plague and, you know, a- any other projects so that you, in the dropdown, you pick that project. And instead of having to go through paywalls to like see a chart or... If you want to share a chart of a different project that also, you know, supports wonky stonks and advertises wonky stonks at the same time, like I don't, if it's not worth it, I'll just move on to another idea. But no, I just thought a, that's an awesome idea, bro. I think Definitely, it's awesome. Idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kaleo, what he's talking about is literally. So you know, on it on his website, you can like chart a real life chart, like be Bitcoin or ETH, and make it into a wonky stonk with the real life price action he's saying pulling the data from like OpenSea, uh from nft projects as well and then charting the nft projects through his website as your own wonky as well oh yeah no that is badass like that isn't real i that's okay. what you're saying now sorry yeah maybe i i get a little rambly sometimes and, and maybe i don't make much sense but i i yeah that is kind of what i'm i'm after you know, Avatar, that's part of genius, man. Like, you know, it's it's not you, it's us. I would, if you're looking for another project, I mean, one that already Platy just said that's been supportive of Ledge Art and whatnot. Uh, maybe check out the frogs. I think that'd be a cool concept too. Yeah, I, I think I think you pick the projects that we have the most cross pollination with. So you got frogs, you got pandas, yeah, penguins, little pudgies. I think there's a fair amount of the PA uh, seals. I just the well, we have the most crossover with if you're looking at a narrow list to start with. Yeah, cool. Well, I guess I'll I'll keep reaching out as I maybe get more information or uh, you know peel back the layers of the onion. the The data that I'm getting would be coming from a different source than um, OpenSea. OpenSea can give you like the the last sale. They used to give you a lot more information, but they continuously just changed the API without really letting anyone know. Uh, so there's a different service that seems to offer historical sales. So I'll see what I can do with that. And uh, happy Friday. Everyone have a good weekend. Much love, Avataba. Sir, you as well. Yeah, you know, so... Like, and I think what we're even seeing right now, again, it's similar to what we saw. 
like what you're seeing right now are these brief little spikes in different projects where you get a day or two of hot activity and then you're getting some consolidation at whatever that next level higher is, right? Um, you know, Stonks saw that like at the very beginning of December where it moved up from basically 0.07 all the way up, you know, wicked at 0.3, but then kind of cooled back down to 0.13, 0.14. And then, Kobe, you know, like then, then you get another, on, another little lift. Come on, where... come on, let's go. <laughs> then you get another little lift where it, it goes up again to like 0.28, 0.29. It touches that area again. Then it cools off a little bit to, you know, where we are right now in like the mid point twos. And then, you know, like, so it's just as part of the consolidation game theory where you get like a hot period, then you get a cool off, a hot period and a cool off. And it's not just the stocks. It's across everywhere in the market right now. You know, the penguins too. Where I really think the next stage up for a lot of these projects are, is, you know, like, I think the Penguins are going to continue higher from here, and they've kind of been leading the charge. And I think whenever either the Penguins continue up or the Squiggles, some other big-name blue-chip-type project continues higher in this price discovery, all these other sub-ecosystems continue up with it, right? So, like, it's one of those things where I think that it allows and it affords people patience in that process to be able to, you know, look for opportunities where, okay, maybe maybe some project you were priced out of a little bit more than what you wanted on a day where there was some FOMO, you know, like Chubbyverse Friends, right? Chubbyverse Friends got up to like 0.33 or something. And now, right, like it's a 0.24 or something, right? Like, so, you know, there's some cool off that happens in some of these hotter names. And then you sit there for a little bit and there's some people that lose confidence with that, right? They're like, hey, I've seen this this type of thing retrace before. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to exit out. I'm just going to dump my position. I don't want the risk. And I get that, right? Like there are different people that have different levels of tolerance for whatever, you know, your investment is for whatever you're looking at. But, you know, I still think that there's a lot of opportunities still to come right now with this phase of the market where we are. I really think that if pudgies can continue to break above that, you know, 10 ETH type floor, you know, which is their all-time high in USD is what it coincides with. Actually, it's a little bit lower than that now because as ETH continues to climb in USD value, the ETH value for what that USD, you know, the 12K price is continues to decline. So I think it's closer to like 9 ETH now. So if they can get above that, I really think that it just instills this new level of confidence across the market where we're going to see volume pick up on a level that we really haven't seen yet. But, you know, like, obviously it all goes back to speculation, you know? So it's whatever people are content with at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, like, I've been content where we are at whatever price, whatever any other price is. And, you know, I think that, like, you just have to be able to take everything with a grain of salt. But, you know, understanding how markets work is important in this process. If Pudgies get over 10 ETH, I have to get a tattoo, but I will also buy like another 20 Wonkies because I need to get to 100. But I'm like waiting. Like I've, I've actually I've sold a couple of things because I think ETH will kind of go on a little bit of a run here. I mean, like it's getting it's going to it's tightening up and it's going to have to make a move soon. Maybe maybe not soon, but like I think whenever that happens, you know, NFTs usually just peel back a bit. And we might be at like a like a small local top, but I, I just don't think it's over. Like there's just so much going on, and um, 
we're actually seeing like the flight to like solid projects now. So I, I just people there. I don't know if, if there's going to be more mints coming out and people start like degening on that, but hopefully not. And we don't like lose liquidity to, to garbage again. But I mean, I mean, maybe you can't really help that because of that's just we're, we're all degenerates. Right. So, you know, people love love that and they, they want like a, a home run. But um, I think I'm happy with my bags for now. I got some ETH. I mean, I can honestly fuck up the wonky floor right now and get us past the, you know, way past that. But I'm, I'm waiting. Don't want to be the only one, you know, the first <laughs> one on the, on the line. Well, hey, you know, dude, one of the cool things right now that I'm watching, there's this site, which, you know, I'm just refreshing each day. And, like, obviously I could do the same thing on the Ether scan really easily. But, like, I had it pulled up yesterday morning. And the floor price was slightly higher than where it was now, you know. But like, what I've noticed is there are fifteen more un. Uh, the number of unique holders has increased by fifteen in that time span. So like, what that for me, that's a more bullish metric than anything else, right? Is the number of unique holders continuing to grow in a project, and that's something that we've had over the course of the past several weeks. That's what I'm bullish on is continuing to grow the community. You know, there are not a lot of other communities out there that have been a lot around for as long as we have that have a similar type of valuation that have as wide of a distribution as we have as far as holdership. And I think that's one of the coolest things about this is, you know, how wide it really is starting from the mint. But the fact that it's persisted to now and, you know, what we always talked about was we were going to go through this phase and it was a long phase where it's distribution from the people that did accumulate during the mint and it accumulates into the people that have a more, you know, higher level of conviction. And then guess what's happening now? You know, it's distributing back toward, you know, like a a larger group of people. And I love that. I think that's the more, you know, the most bullish thing you're getting more people that are exposed to this community, more people to continue to provide alpha and more exposure on the timeline and other places like that. Like, I, I love to see it, man. So I love looking on there and seeing, okay, man, we, there are 15 new stonk holders, you know, one day later. I think if you keep doing these spaces with other solid communities, that's, like, probably the best way to get more people onboarded in, like, the short term. Like, that's obviously been helping a lot, like what Luke has been doing and just going on. Like, and, and you've been doing it as well, like, but – if there are, are any other communities that are, like, large that we haven't, like, tapped into, I think the cross-pollination effect is probably the best way to, to kind of market right now and get new holders. Yeah, well, even... I remember here in, Claire, uh, you said Spaces Tour when you come back from uh, uh, New York. I could be the only one that remembers that, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember it, but I mean, like, bro, I've been on a Spaces Tour. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> I saw three spaces yesterday. I also remember you weren't you supposed to dox too, but that never happened. <laughs> Ladies, officially, the number of likes never happened, right? Yes, like it the did. Yes, likes. It yes, it did. No, you, it, you okay, quote tweeted it. You quote tweeted it. And <laughs> it did not happen. <laughs> there were time zones where it did not happen in. Right, like time zones. You, yeah, there were time zones it did not happen in. So, and y'all don't know what part of the world that I was in at that point. I might have flown somewhere else. So, yeah, he had been out. like deep in, into like India or Asia at that yeah, point. Yeah, I'm I might have been celebrating been, in Australia. Might have been in Singapore. Really, you know? Who knows? So, point being, it did not happen. 
but I take that as a sign from God because I was sitting there and I was like, man, this does not feel like the right way to do it. It does not. I have a tweet right now, actually in drafts. I was like, it just doesn't feel like the right way to do it, but I made a promise. So I'm going to go do it. So I was going to go back and quote tweet that tweet and said, Hey, this is what happened. And when I searched it, I saw that there were only 4,700 likes, not 8,700. I was like, holy shit, the bots that came in are all gone, baby. Elon saved my ass. Thank you, Father Elon, for saving me for something that I am not ready for at this instant. So, you know, it's going to happen, but, you know, it's going to happen the way that it needs to happen. So it, you know, I'm, I, I, I think that happened for a reason. And, you know, when, when it does happen, it'll be the right way and the right time. But that was funny though, 80s. Like, because I was, I'm not even joking. I nearly pressed send tweet at first, but then I like saved all the info, like, you know, the text. I copied it and I was like, okay, I'm going to quote tweet this and put it on there. So it was that close. We almost had it. Oh, man. No, it's all good, brother. Hey, whatever feels right in your heart and inside your soul, man, you know how to do it, brother. Uh, anyway, but yeah, man, you, you you nearly got me to, and I appreciate the accountability on that as well. Uh, There's yeah. one thing I do is hold accountability. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's true, man. It's true. Yeah, you know, like speaking of that, like I remember there there was this period where at the end of as the market kind of started tanking there in December slash January, I was just I was exhausted from Twitter, exhausted from everything. I won't even lie, even with the stocks at that point, this is not this December, January, this is a year ago. Like I was in over my head with the expectations and with kind of the rhythm and what to do with the stocks. You know, we did it as a free mint and kind of, you know, hey, we'd figure it out along the way. I was in over my head. I had a buddy's wedding in Tampa, met up with the 80s, and he sat down. He was like, what is your vision right now? What are you, what are you doing? He's like, I, you know, he's like, we love you. We trust you. But, you know, like we also we'd love to hear right now from you because it wasn't just that I'd taken a break from stonks. I was like off. I was off Twitter, off everything for like a few weeks during that time period. And that conversation where I sat down, met 80s in person. uh, Well, I mean, I guess I'd met him once before, but, you know, went through everything with him and he kind of like. You know, he supported me, but he also challenged me at that time and said, hey, we're here one way or the other. But, man, like right now, I I really think that this is something great still. And here and, you know, I, I had not given up on the stonks. Right. In no way had I. But, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to lay down a challenge in front of you. And not just encourage you, to, but to put that challenge in a healthy way on the plate. 80s did that, right? Like, so accountability is healthy, and I don't think that we'd be where we are today without that conversation. I love you, brother. Bottom of my heart, man. You too, man. Well, no, then after that, he he takes me around in his new Corvette, and I think that he's trying to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> I literally I'd thought the mood he was somehow. trying to kill me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because it was like the first time that I had really 
you know, for a second time that I met him, but like still just this anon from the internet, we get in the Corvette after lunch and he starts going a hundred miles per hour down the streets of downtown Tampa and, you know, taking these wild turns and this and that. I'm like, holy shit. Like I am going to die right now. This guy wants to kill me. And <laughs> I, I for like in the back of my head, I was half thinking that. And we made it back in one piece of the parking lot. I was like, okay, now he was just showing me the, the car is kind of badass. And it was. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I was also thinking like, man, like, is it, is it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> he was nervous at first to get in. And then he finally let loose a little bit. I saw, man, you had a big smile on your face. It, it was priceless. I wish I would have captioned it, man. Well, I was smiling because I didn't know whether to like laugh or cry. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, but listen, on top of that conversation that we did have, there was one thing that I did, you know, encourage you to do a little bit more of it. I'm, I'm glad you're finally like embracing the shit out of it is is breaking in more into the NFT community and, and exploring this other world that is just full of incredible opportunities man and you're killing it right now brother so i'm i'm like from an observation point of view like to see the growth in the past year from that conversation with you brother that's 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 killer man proud of you brother i appreciate that man and you know i think that's one of the things that again took longer than it should have the social pressures of i i talked about this on a space the other day um, the social pressures of having a large account where you curate a certain audience. And there are a lot of people that are opposed to NFTs in that audience that just think it's this, you know, whatever scammy view and have a terrible opinion over it. So then you're like, man, well, you know, I'm not appealing to that audience and I'm not doing whatever. And you start thinking more for people rather than yourself. And I think what I finally realized over the course of the past year is like, you know, fully embracing this is the future and you can either, you know, support me in this vision and you can either be along for the ride with me or, you know, you can leave. And I don't care if you leave. I'll curate the audience and the community that I want in the process. So, I'm, you know, if there's a period where it's lower engagement or it's this or that, that's fine with me. Right. Like I will continue to talk about what I'm passionate about. Like I'll continue to talk about trading, but I'll also continue to talk about the NFT market because, you know, there's a ton of potential across the board and it deserves you know not just to be talked about to but you know to be invested in to be able to spend your time like i don't know man you deserve to be able to pursue whatever you're passionate about and wherever you hold that conviction it's all about embracing your true self brother and and that's the ripple effect that i've had since day one in this space is to give to every single person is that ripple effect of embracing every moment for a chance to meet your true self and wholeheartedly embrace it, brother. And and it's beautiful to see human beings just like and, and do it in real time from you, from everybody in this space. Like this is a special moment for all of us, man. And I'm glad you're here with us. You know, it's isn't it cool though, 80s, how like life sometimes gives you what you need when you need it too, where you know, like I know that there was a period there this last month where I know you, you've been going through some tough times and like, bro, I hear just a spark of life in your voice too. 
that I'm not going to say wasn't there before, but like, I can just tell, you know, the authenticity and like the life, everything, like it's there and it's real. And it's, you know, like it's really encouraging for me to hear that too. Yeah, man, the past month, sometimes we come to these walls in our life that we either let it stop us or we get to a point in our journey where we can bust through that shit and unleash our true self even more than it's ever been unleashed. And every experience that we have, whether it's good or bad, it's all moments for us to experience and for us to grow. And, and I'm, I'm just happy to have the support system that I have here with this community because it, it, it did help me get through some, some darker times and looking forward to the, to the brighter times now. And, and I do have that spark because I'm having fun and I'm sharing this energy that we're all supposed to be sharing with each other with pure intentions. Honestly, I kind of knew Kaleo was going to go de- deep down the rabbit hole. Like when he was joining spaces back, like when I met him in like the summer of 21, I'm just like, yeah, he's just some people just take a little time to like figure everything out, too. Because honestly, I was really I know like I was skeptical about everything until I got into Penguins and then it just like kind of clicked. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just like the light bulb moment where you just get something and you're like, okay, like we'll, we'll like navigate through this, but it takes a little bit longer. Father, what I said back then, and like, you know, I, I rang true to it. I said, I was like, I want to get more involved in a bunch of these projects right now, but I was like, I really feel like the NFT market's at a top. Yeah. Like it was, it was, that's what I kept saying. (laughs) I was like, this just feels like a top. And I was like, I am going to wait to buy the blood and to be able to, you know, get involved whenever everyone else doesn't want to be here anymore. That's what I said. Like, that's what I stuck to. So there's part of me that wishes I did it sooner, but so it wasn't that I didn't have like a level of conviction in the market and like the potential for it. It was just that I was like, man, this shit is way overbought right now across the board. There's too much hype. I'm going to wait until there's no hype <laughs> and then start to do it. Like, you know, I'd say it's worked out so far as far yeah. as like, you know, that side of it's concerned. Yeah, you've done like a great job though. Like, cause like, honestly, no one really knew how to, if you're a founder of a project, like realistically, no one had like a real, like a good idea of like what needed to be done. And you, like the cash grabby stuff that happened, you know, towards the end of 21, you know, clearly didn't work out. And you've built a community over the last year or so. And we're like in prime position now over the next year, like where you didn't really even need to have a roadmap. Let's be honest. Like you just needed to like get a group of people believe in you. And then, you know, you can go from there. And there's, a, you know, like wherever, the, whenever the, like the meta is changing, seeing like what like Luke is doing and, and these like events, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's like we're kind of figuring out where like the utility is behind any of this. So like by taking your time, like that's probably, that was like the healthy way, you know, for a lot of projects to grow. And we're seeing like the people that were building communities, like really kind of succeeding right now and having like a flight to, to, you know, seeing like an overall increase in just not, not only in the floor, but, you know, just like still growing and, and throughout the bear market, which is super bullish. Like even all this growth, like, it's going to get exponential at some point. You know, I don't want to be the bullish guy. I'm not usually the bullish guy. I'm like, I like to be temperamental, but, you know, it's going to happen. You know, it really is. And I don't think anyone, I don't think I'm prepared for it, but it will be wild. It's going to be fun, you know, and, you know, you just got to be patient. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely on the side of we're not even in uh, the bull market yet. 
I will uh, fight this hill for a while um, until I see, you know, large, much larger volume spikes um, across the board, right? Even just compared to January, February of uh, 22, where the volume that we have in the space is still just a blip. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, we're, we're in a bull, we're in a bull because a certain few, you know, so like good projects are, are pumping with all deserve right to. Um, but I, I, I'm on the hill that we are not in a, a bull market yet. I, I agree, Rooster. I, I really don't think that we are. And there's, there are a lot of people that think that's insane, but I think that like you combine it with several things. Right. If the market does bounce back, like I think that it will at some point this year with, you know, and I I think right now we're seeing the early stages of it with Bitcoin and ETH. I think that there are a lot of people that are bearish right now. Still, they they want to they want to see another 50 percent crash across everything. And they just they don't think the capitulation is in. And like, is there a possibility of that? Yeah, sure. You should never rule it out, especially with what we've seen this past year. But I, I, I think there's a good chance that we're pretty oversold across the market right now and that prices do continue to rebound on these underlying core assets like Bitcoin, like ETH, you know, and that we continue to see some type of bounce back. And that as confidence returns to the marketplace, that ends up spilling over into the NFT marketplace as well. And I think that whatever speculation there is across Bitcoin and ETH, I think that you're going to get that on steroids across strong NFT projects. Um, So I, and obviously as confidence returns across the market with Bitcoin and ETH and, you know, the price of shit goes up, guess what? The speculation and the volume returns too. And you can see right now how little, little volume it takes to be able to move some of these projects to be able to get them moving. So, I mean, as volume comes back, and then on top of that, where you start to reach the mania phase, you start to get new people. And it doesn't even have to last long. It can be a few weeks of it, right? But you'll get people that are like, oh, shit, like, you know, that NFT thing is back. And they start buying into it. And it just, it's the way that some of these little mini cycles work. It doesn't have to be a full cycle to have that type of an effect. But I think the potential for that is still there, you know, even if the real cycle isn't going to start until 2024, 2025. Um, Karate, welcome up to the stage, man. Good to have you here, sir. What's going on? Is there a voice changer on this? I clicked a couple buttons. I don't know what happened. I don't think so. Is this your first space? (laughs) Uh, I think I was up on one of yours, like, I don't know, a year ago. Um, but I'm like really happy I tuned in. This has been super fun. Um, I've been listening for like the past hour and just chilling at work Friday vibes. Um, so it's been, it's been really nice, but I kind of wanted to like bounce off that a little bit more. And you know, it's, it's, um, I, I think it's in bear markets, everybody gets bored and I think it's easier to know that we're in a bear market or it's easier to, to kind of say, okay, well, all right, we're bored. We're kind of at the bottom. Everyone's gone. I think we're not going to be able to see that as much or as clearly this this go around because we're not really bored, and I don't think we're going to be bored with all the NFT stuff. So I think it's not going to be as as clear cut as past cycles 
where all of a sudden like things are going to rally and we're going to be like, wait, what, what's going on? And it's actually because, you know, everything else is kind of just flattened for a long time, but we're going to be super distracted, having fun doing what we're doing. Um, you know, I think we're already kind of seeing that. Yeah, it's funny. You also notice, uh, you know, some of the larger CT people um, starting to notice, and I've seen a couple of tweets and they're like, uh, you know, it seems like the only people having fun right now are the NFT bros. Um, and, and I mean, it's true. The The aspect of community brings a lot different um, to like dealing with the bear market in our, in this space compared to, you know, just some random alt shitcoin community, right? No one, like, <laughs> there'll be like some telegram groups, right? But it's nowhere near the same um, reach as the community aspect in NFTs. And we are really the only ones like truly having fun right now. Um, and yeah. so you'll, you'll just notice more and more start to trickle in, I think. Yeah. I do have friends that like kind of faded NFTs completely. And, you know, like we were trading a ton, like, you know, during the, uh, 2021 and they're like just bored out of their minds. So yeah, that that's happening. I, I it really kind of feels like the end of 18 going into 2019 where like we were just so dead and and we're it's like we're getting like a small like you're getting like people like dipping their toes in like it, it starts it's like a you know it's like a positive feedback loop you just it's like the first degen start like buying stuff up it creates momentum like the people buying like like the pudgy penguins is like the chain link of this bull of this bear market and that was like my thesis for like the last 18 months like where yeah you could have something that's just completely inversely correlated to the market and that might not be good when we actually get super bullish but it hasn't reached its highs at all, you know, like, but it, it can just keep going and, and kind of propel other projects and, you know, that generate the liquidity that trickles down. And then you have more people that are become more risk on because of it. And, it, you know, it's like that positive feedback loop. And we had that kind of like that little run in 2019. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just paying attention to just macro news where if like bad news stops affecting the market, then maybe we've had some kind of a bottom where it's just not so fragile anymore. And that's like usually like a good sentiment. Like if you're, if you're looking for a bottom, it's like when catastrophic news stops nuking the market, you know, I remember like in 2019, I think it was like Binance getting hacked and some other crap and like Bitcoin didn't even move. And I think it was like around like four or five K and I'm like, all right, I'm going balls deep long now. Like that was like the sign. So like, I don't know what that's, what's going to happen, but I, I think, you know, if we do get recovery and, you know, and uh, tr- trad by BTC ETH, like, We'll get affected in the short term, but there'll be more people. First of all, people will have more money to spend, and, and also, you know, it'll, it'll probably trickle over into NFTs. So um, I think we'll have a good, you know, a, a good Q1 at least. Also, I don't know if this has been said before, but 80s sounds just like PP. Like, they're identical <laughs> people. I was like, wait a second, where's PP McGee? This is. Wait, I've heard what? PP talk. I, I didn't know he sounded like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> did I get rugged or did is everybody silent? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sorry. It's silent because on the I, I'm thing. typing out a tweet right now and I had myself muted. Um, but there, you know, I, I saw that faint the fake ledger account that followed me with like two R's and they have a tweet spotted out with like a thousand likes, 125 retweets that they bought. 
you know, they, they bought themselves 14,000 followers too. And they were like stonk, whatever, just sold for 125 ETH. What? You know, we're doing a new mint right now. Oh, and you know, like we're trying, so I'm, I'm just trying to like take a screenshot and put, put it out there. I think that's bullish that people are actually making fake accounts and trying to scam with that. You know, we got scammers attention, but, uh, Anyway, I am going to just put a screenshot out there just to do it and say we are not doing anything. So that's why. I hope nobody – I hope people actually listen to our spaces and the education we give to, like, about clicking links and security and all that stuff. So um, that sucks, man. Yeah, it's probably that Mario guy. I'm just going to blame that Mario guy for that everything. Mario He's a character, right? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I came up here to say a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> so last year, last December, when you kind of fell back a little bit, Kaleo, I was kind of just observing at that time. Um, I think it paid. I think it paid off. I think it brought the community even closer because I was watching everybody just kind of hold things down. Um, I think we're in a better place for it. I think that that all happened for a reason. That's one of the things I want to say, and then I want to make a suggestion. Um, and maybe once a month we. Uh, pick a community member and just put a spotlight on them what they've been doing what their history is um maybe like make some kind of thread so the new people coming in kind of know our history and the, the prominent members i like that no we can definitely do that man um I think that anything that we can do like that to be able to support other people within the community is something that, you know, we definitely should focus on something that's always been something that we've tried to focus on. So, you know, if there's a more official way of doing that, then like, Hey, you know, I'm all for it. Um, okay. So we've got somebody new up to the stage, Slade ETH. Don't think we've ever had you before. I, I, I try before I bring anybody else, up here to see if I've got any mutuals and you had you had at least like 14 or 15 mutuals which in this space for your size like is a pretty decent amount so welcome up to the stage how's it going hey thank you brother I've been enjoying the show but I am actually here um because we're working with karate and I wanted to give him first class service and let him know that we just airdropped the uh pfp into his wallet and so he'll be able to use his penguin for live streaming and all that my penguin is me. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, we got. We got Let's go. I'm so pumped. I've, I've had a guy that uh, I've had a guy that did that one time for me. <laughs> Actually, a couple times. I've had people literally join a space of mine to say, "Hey, check your DMs." <laughs> it's literally happens. I love. I love it, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I just, uh, I'm excited for him. I know he's excited about what we did for him. So uh, I just wanted to tell him myself and meet him because we haven't actually talked on spaces or anything before. So what up and have fun. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm super excited. Gonna get it all set up and I'll post something on Twitter. Karate, you've been a, uh, you've been a penguin for a long time, right? Like when, when did you first get your penguin? I got my first penguin like at the top last cycle, to be honest, I, I got, I had a lot of liquidity from parallel and then, um, I just wanted one. So I actually recently like tax 
lost harvested it and then snagged this bad boy at like three ETH or something. Um, and then I've got a, another wallet that's kind of hidden with some other stuff. But this is like my forever penguin, I think. Bro, I how, love it. Mint off mint is so clean. These days. What's up? How are things going in the world of parallel these days? Uh, fantastic. We're coming in the last pack drop and super pumped for it. Um, game is going to be an alpha very shortly, so you can actually sign up for that. Uh, I think it's still open. It might not be open anymore. Um, but all the rumors circulating are it's going to be it's one badass game. So very excited. 10-4, man. Well, you know, like, that's one of those things, too. Parallel has a, I, like, I love the art with it. It's just one of those things in a bear market. It, it's, I, I think it's one of those plays that if you're a D-Gen, you're like, okay, I can scoop up a shit ton of Parallel for free, and it may not go anywhere, but it may also do something eventually, right? Because it's one of those type plays with the amount of supply that you have, which you obviously have to if you're creating a game. Um, that if there's any major traction this next bull market, and there really are the level of entrance that are, you know, it just puts to shame what we saw last time, then, hey, that value could end up presenting itself there. But, you know, in, in the meantime, I, I think it's one of those things where, hey, if you, like, if you appreciate the art, which the art is amazing, and you appreciate the game, then, you know, the community, everything else, then, like, you can trust that vision and be able to kind of sit around for whatever else. I, I like, I, I don't know. I've met, I've met the parallel people, you know, I'm definitely, definitely like the parallel crew. Um, I, I still don't have any parallel exposure, but you know, like I, I respect what you guys have been working on. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not on the team at all. I would, you know, that would be goals. Oh wait, shoot! I thought I thought that you were on the team with. No, but you're you're also you're in Inverse Guild. That's that's like Fitch's team for Parallel. I think you're in it. You're like in our Telegram chat. <laughs> I am. I am. I just I never I, I don't get on Telegram too much. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but the thesis like yeah. Yeah, all these projects have different um, you know investment thesis 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 whatever. But you know. Uh, Essentially, the parallel one is that, you know, they're, they're coming off with an end product. That's their goal. They're building more of a franchise. And it is one of those things where, you know, it's one of those holds. It's a long-term hold. You know, I'm not, I know the game's not going to be out tomorrow. So you got you to gotta understand that. Um, so it's just different than, than what we see with other projects. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm working with Skelly Guys, which is a PFP project. So that's, that's the stuff that I'm working on. Oh, that's awesome, man. Bright Avian, welcome up to the stage. How's it going? Hey, hey. So, enjoying this different profile pic today. Anyway, I wanted to come... Bro, I was um, going to say, I barely recognize you with the wife. Yeah, like nobody recognizes me. I also have like the Neo Tokyo it's ads, like the baby. It's like the moment I leave my penguin for a day, everybody's like, who is that? Anyway, so I wanted to comment on like paralyzing, like actually like... Well, digital trading card games and like NFTs are like honestly, like in my opinion, like one of the biggest use cases for NFTs. Because if you think about it, like all the digital trading card games out there, they were like really successful. Like the Magic the Gathering Arena had like a lot of traction during COVID. Uh, Hearthstone blew up like earlier and like kind of started the wave. Like Yu Gi Oh has like Doodle Links on mobile. They're all like really big, but like the 
it's called like a trading card game, like a TCG. Well, there's no trading involved at all, like no collecting, like these digital ones. So it's, I think like it's probably from like everything we have in the space and like all the games and all the pro politics. Honestly, I think like TCGs are like the the best uh, use case for NFTs. Then on the other hand, I'm, I'm not sure if like parallel is like approaching it like the right way because I'm like a really big proponent of like keeping supplies like limited because like the other like key fact that we get from NFTs is like digital scarcity. Well, which means like actual demand has to be larger than like actual supply. And like, I'm not talking about like hype supply, how we had like when, when like parallel blew up early on. It's like, I find it like a little bit dangerous, like the way they're like currently inflating like the supply of these cards. I think like it's dangerous to be like, oh yeah, in the future there will be a lot of demand. So, well, put that demand out then in the future. But yeah, like that said, I still think it's like one of the biggest areas. And if there's actually, if there actually are like more people joining the space, it probably could do like really well. But just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like really really not liking the way a bunch of projects are like inflating supplies and being like, yeah, in the future there will be so many people. Well, yes, in the future there will also be like so many more projects that like eat into market share and like eat into the same niche. So it's like a li- it's like tricky, but yeah, I think they're like building one of the strongest areas. So I don't know, maybe I get like some exposure eventually. I had like some exposure, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm not really liking what they do to supply, but I'm really liking the area they're working in and like also like the art and everything they do. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. That's good thoughts. Um, you know, they, they've taken a lot of supply stuff in consideration and they want to make sure that um, there's there's enough out there for the future for well, sure. Yeah, but I think they do a really good like, job at, at holding like, back as well. For the future, like a little bit risky. Like, you can build for the here and now and then just like always expand in the future. Like no one's like stopping you from doing that as well. Like all the like traditional like, card games that are doing like they start like out small and I mean like the stuff that is working parallel are like the limited like collectibles, like the rare ones. These are like the ones that people actually buy and like the drive the collection. And you have like a bunch of the ones that are like barely worth gas cost. And I don't know, like it, it probably works out in the long term, but it's like I don't know, I don't think they do it themselves like a favor, but I think I still think they succeed because like if the game is good and like as I said, I think it's like one of the biggest areas for NFTs could have like massive potential. Well, you know, that's the thing. We're going to see there are a lot of, like, a lot of ifs and whatever out there. I, I mean, heck, like, I'm partnered right now with, I work with uh, So Rare NBA, and I, I think they've got a, you know, pretty cool design with the way that they've approached that, where they've got a really high supply, and they've got different tiered cards, right, where, you know, it's, like, limited, then they've got, like, the rare, then the super rare, so same type of functionality at each level, different price barrier. Um, so I think that's kind of a decent solution, but I don't know if there is a perfect solution, right? Because we're in that phase where we don't really know what the right answer is. So I think that like, it's, it's all TBD, man. We yeah. will see. Like my my uh, personal take on that is like, just like make like the actual randomties and like make them limited, like actually built for like current supply. And if you like one thing, uh, like really like is like for like broader appeal like if you want to like give out free stuff like give out like not even like nfts give out like soul bond tokens but like not soul bond tokens in the way we've seen them right now that are like mostly like tokens but 
make them actual NFTs, but like there's no point in making them sellable if they're just like low value. Actually, just like give them to people, let them like use it in games, and just like just like yeah, like distribute them like that. Because then, well, even if there's like a bunch of them, you don't have like this like completely crushed market that makes everything like kind of look like it's like going to zero. If you if you just like make it sold on and well just like want to build a fan base this way because that's like the bullet or like the big upside from like doing these like large supply collections. You get like a lot of people in if you give it out for free, well then you have like a good audience and you just like use the people as a marketing tool and then a piece like as a facilitator to get that. Yes, sir. So we will see. All right, let's go ahead and go to Caesar. Um which Caesar, bro, I have seen you, you know, you are a Ute followed by a lot of the community. You know, I know you have been plugged into the wonky scene recently. You know, first time up on the stage, from what I, I can tell, would love to hear you introduce yourself and, you know, feel free to ask whatever you've got. Mr. Kaleo, bro, what a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a founder myself. I uh, I have three Web2 companies and now I'm building my fourth company in Web3 space. Uh, so I'm an entrepreneur by heart, but I've been also following you, man, since fucking 2020. And I just wanted to let you know a very short story. I already texted you this on a tweet. But bro, on my office, on my co-working space here in Sweden, in the southern part of Sweden, we used to follow your calls a lot, man. And we made like we made some money, like decent money with engine coin. And it was like a girl and then it was like two, three guys more. And then we all made so much money with engine coin that we went on a ski trip in Northern Sweden, man. And we just booked like a super nice apartment with fucking sauna, man. We ate the best fucking food like for a week, man. And it was, and the moment we went there to spend the money, the engine coin fucking fell down, man. So it was the fucking perfect timing. It was around March, man. It was fucking beautiful. So you really, really made an impact in our lives. So this is this is a this is what fucking community is, man. So always good vibes with you. Uh, regarding the NFT world, man. <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, I actually actually I know that um, you know like uh, filtering information because there are so many NFT projects, man. There are so many chains and so many good communities at different NFT projects. Like how. I have two questions. The first one is like, how are you filtering the information, man? Do you have like a team checking all the NFT projects? Because it takes a lot of time to know when a project is good and when a project is shit, right? You need to get a pulse for the community. You need to kind of like follow the, the floor price. So so that's the first question. Like, how are you using, I mean, how are you spending your time filtering all this information with so many NFT projects that are really uh, making some nice pumps? And the second one, man, is like, I mean, for now, I, I knew that you didn't want to get into bunk, but I did ape into bunk and I fucking, <laughs> I made a bag. I made a bag because, uh, yeah, because I did it for the culture, man. I, I was vibing a bit with the Solana people. Uh, but then I realized again, man, like you make way more money with tokens than with NFT, right? So, so I feel like there are too many small gains with NFTs compared with tokens because, I mean, it's like a percentage, right? Uh, so, so the second question was like, okay, the first one is like how you filter the information. And the second one is like, did you came, uh, to try to make money with NFTs, but then you also stay for the culture, like just started vibing with, with the communities and cheers, bro. Thank you for bringing me upstage.
<laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, you know, as far as looking for stuff like that, it just it at the end of the day goes down to people that you trust seeing the activity and I think spending the time there. I like I kind of disagree with you though, Caesar, where I think that there is as much, if not more, opportunity in NFTs if you can be patient. Um, not to say that they, you know, I think everything when you're looking at those type of returns goes back to just patience and, you know, not, not waiting until there are just pumps that are happening left and right and kind of chasing whatever the hot name is though, you know, Hey, as bonk showed, there is opportunity in that. And like what bonk showed is that there were plenty of times that during that way up people could buy and Hey, it might've gone up another 50, hundred percent. But all it takes is a day for it just completely sink back down. So, like, there the pumponomics of a lot of this stuff. I mean, it. I don't know. I think that we're in a health. We've been in a healthy area where it's given us the opportunity to accumulate high conviction projects, um, and that's you know what I've been doing. Like with the penguins, whenever I got involved with the penguins, where I just saw them completely you know, hustling, grinding, still showing up every single day, saw Luca, saw what he was doing, um, saw that they haven't gone away. And, you know, they're, they were just chilling underneath three eats still. So I was like, Hey, there is going to be a day where the demand out, you know, exceeds the supply for this price level and I'll be patient. So like, that was kind of the idea behind it. And it wasn't one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to flip it for, you know, in one week, make X amount and saying, okay, like, you know, I'm going to be patient for this process. And I think that there's opportunity in that. So I think that that's the biggest thing is, you know, if you can have patience with a lot of this stuff and see the bigger vision and like invest in the activity and collect based on the activity and your passion with that, Rather than, you know, whatever the hype of the day is, I think you'll be more successful in the long run. So we've got Slade with his hand up again. Slade, how is it going? Hey, I didn't know you're like the king of alpha. This is my first time here, so I got a question for you. <laughs> so um, I'm curious what... I'm scared you're, you're to rugging. invest. You're rugging on us, bro. Did it get better at all? Yeah, there you go. No, you're rugged. <laughs> it got better for a second. When you asked if it got better, it got better, but it is not better. Um, unfortunately. Well, Slade slash everybody, I also apologize. I actually do have to get wrap it up with the space for today. It has been a legendary space, though. Really have enjoyed it. Thank you, everybody that's come up here. Um, absolutely killed it. A um, lot of fun, man. A lot of, lot of fun stuff happening with the stonks. A um, lot of fun stuff happening with the you know other communities out there. So fun times to be doing this. We'll be back here. Next Friday, same time, same place. So if you have, you know, well, one, share this recording with others because I think there was a lot of fire content. Two, make sure to look out for that tweet. And we will see you all then. 
Um, once again, love love you guys, though. Much love, everyone. Have a great weekend. Space. Have a good New Year. Thanks, oh, yeah, Thanks for having me. Much out. love, everybody. Oh, bye bye. Turbo bullish on wonky stonks. Let's go.